This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is sponsored by the Sotheby's Institute of Art. With campuses in London, New York, Los Angeles, and online, Sotheby's Institute is the global leader in art business education. Offering master's programs, 15-week intensive courses, summer study, continuing in executive education, and online courses. I'm actually an alumni of Sotheby's Institute. I did the art business master's program in London. Find out more about the Sotheby's Institute of Art at sotheby'sinstitute.com. This week's episode is also brought to you by Artbase. Did you know that Artbase is the best love software in the art world? Artbase offers products that do everything you need to run your art business. Track your art and your contacts and cross-reference them. Make invoices, generate consignments, run all kinds of reports. Even use it on your iPad or iPhone at art fairs or while you're away. Take it from the thousands of happy Artbase clients all over the world. Artbase is the right software for your art business. Visit artbase.com to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. This week's episode, we're joined by Annie Shaw, UK correspondent and art market reporter for the art newspaper. Annie's here to recap last week's London Contemporary Auctions, which are the first major sales of 2016. Annie, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. There was a lot of media coverage written this past week about the auctions, partly fueled by Sotheby's share price falling just over 17% the day after their sale. There were a variety of headlines. How did the numbers come out at the end of the day? Uh, yeah, there there was a lot of talk last week um, about the, the post-war and contemporary art market, whether it's slowing, cooling, um, adjusting. There were a number of terms bandied about. Um, and I think the overall figures um, seem to suggest that there is some kind of slowdown. Um, the contemporary sales at Sotheby's, Christie's and Phillips dropped around 43% um, compared with last year. Um, and those three houses raised just over £125 million together. And that's without buyer's premium um, falling short of their combined uh, low pre-sale estimate of around £132 million. Um, now, if you actually look individually at those three auction houses, um, they all failed to meet their low estimates. But if you actually break the figures down further, you'll see that the sales in the first half of the week behaved quite differently to, to those in, in the last half of the week. So if you look at Phillips on the 9th of February, um, 65% of works sold either failed to meet or just scraped their low estimates. And at Sotheby's the next day, 49% either sold on low target or below expectations. Um, but there was a sort of a dis- distinction halfway through the week um, with the Christie's sale where works were certainly priced more conservatively and I think this helped produce a more solid sale Um, and there we saw that 32% of works fell within estimate and 36% went overestimate while only 32% failed to meet or just touched their their low target. So um, I think it probably is only fair to to mention Bonhams at this point um, as they usually get left off uh, market reports and they actually were the one auction house to buck the trend last week um, as they were the only ones to meet their expectations bringing in a record total of 5.3 million pounds or 6.4 million with premium against a low estimate of 4.5 million pounds um, and here as with the Christie's sale there was a tendency for for lots to go over estimate so here 42 percent of lots were within estimate and 32 went over their high estimate while only 26% failed to meet or uh, just scrape their low target. 
As you alluded to, everyone seemed to have an opinion following the sales, ranging from this is a crash or a correction or this is good for the art market. You were there in the sale rooms. What was the mood like? And I'm sure you spoke with many market participants there. What was their mood like in response to these sales? Yeah, I think on the whole, people were were pretty relieved with the sales, um, pretty relieved with the results. And we have to remember that, that, that we went into the week against a backdrop of stock market woes and tumbling oil prices so I think there was a lot of nervousness um again I think it really was sort of a tale of the the week was a tale of two sales or or two halves um the Phillips sale was lackluster to say the least um but uh, after the sale uh, Ed Dolman Phillips's CEO was quick to downplay any talk of a crash um and he said that the results didn't feel like a crash, but this is actually more of a discerning market. Um, it was interesting that he sort of brought up the word crash. I don't think it had been discussed in, in those terms before then, but um, he was quick to sort of head head any talk off of a crash. Um, the, the following night at Sotheby's, start, the sales started at a, at a lick. It was sort of almost was reminiscent of the heady old days Um an Adrian Genny record, um, a few sort of real highlights in in the first sort of 10, 12 lots and the, and the sales sort of quietened down after that. Um, it, it, the sale didn't, as I mentioned, didn't make its pre-sale estimate, but nonetheless, after the sale, I spoke with dealers and, and art advisors. Lisa Schiff said, for instance, that that, the, that no bubble is bursting and these are just healthy adjustments that are being made. Um, she pointed out that, you know, where estimates were not bullish, work sold very well, but where sellers had unrealistic expectations, particularly for young artists, work sold poorly. I spoke to Nick McLean after the Christie's sale, which was a far more buoyant affair. There was lots of bidding in the room as well as over the phone, which I think helped um, helped perceptions, helped buoy the mood, um, helped perceptions of the market. Um, and Nick said that they'd that as Lisa Shifford said, that there had been a correction in price for some of the younger artists. But overall, he said it was a very solid result uh, with fewer guarantees. Um, and the other thing that most of the dealers I spoke to were also quick to point out that the, the, the private market for contemporary art is doing very well, although this is, of course, impossible to, to verify. But just to remember that, that the auctions are only half the picture. You wrote a few articles in the art newspaper regarding the auctions, one of which focused on the fact that the middle market performed well this week, or last week, I should say. Is there a sense that auction houses are moving away from the high end towards the middle market and arguably undervalued artists? Yes, um, definitely. This is something that Melanie Gurlis, the art market editor at the art newspaper, wrote about um, rather eloquently last month. Uh, but it seems that the major auction houses are, are definitely shifting towards the middle market. Uh, I think this was most clearly demonstrated last week by Christie's, whose estimates were mostly pitched around the £100,000 to £2 million mark, um, a strategy that definitely encouraged deep bidding on the phones and in the room and produced a solid sale that I just mentioned. 
Um, interestingly, the average value of lot at Christie's has steadily declined over the past three years. It, it stood at 3.1 million in February 2014, 2.1 million in 2015, and 1.1 million this year. So there's definitely been a, a move in terms of their pricing towards middle market levels. Um, I think one of the reasons that that the, the major auction houses are moving away from the very top end is that sourcing works at this level is costly um, and they're often secured with guarantees which can lose money for auction houses. Um, and what's more, the number of collectors who can afford the priciest work is a, is a small pool, um, whereas there are thousands and thousands of, of collectors, strong collectors in, in the middle market and more than enough to go around the auction houses. Um, Christie's also managed to entice bidders with lower estimates for works by arguably undervalued artists such as David Hockney, Robert Mangold, Joseph Boys. And I definitely think we'll be seeing more sourcing of works like this by established artists whose markets are still relatively undervalued. In this current market, did we learn what buyers are willing to chase and what art they aren't in terms of whether it's kind of artists or certain aesthetics? Yeah, I think this sort of follows on from my last point um, in terms of auction houses looking or, or or rediscovering perhaps more established artists whose markets are undervalued. Um, so we're looking at, you know, sort of works in the 60s and 70s, perhaps the Mangolds, the Boises, artists who we know are historically, you know, who are, who are museum quality artists, but perhaps whose markets haven't taken off in the same way. Um, and the other side of that is that there's been a definite, correct, definite correction in the market for so-called zombie formalists or process artists, which is perhaps the the kinder term. Um, I think there were sort of a very there were very few of that kind of work on offer this week. I mean, Philips traditionally known for its for 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 uh, selling works by emerging artists. I think there was only one Dan Colin birdship painting. Um, for sale at Phillips, which actually went underestimate. Uh, there was a folded paper painting by Talbot Auerbach, estimated at 1 million to 1.5 million, uh, which was gu guaranteed by Sotheby's, and it failed to uh, elicit a single bid. So the auction house now owns that one. Um, and in fact, Sotheby's deputy chairman of Europe, Oliver Barker, conceded after the sale that there has been a correction for other protest process artists and and it certainly affected Talbot on the night. So overall, I think there's a move away from these sort of emerging, less tried and tested artists towards uh, more established and and art historically sound artists. And you mentioned there was a decreased number of auction guarantees this season. Auction guarantees are always a hot topic. Was there a lot of opinion about what that means? And if it's good or bad for the market at this time? Yeah, there was quite a lot of chatter about uh, the marked decrease in guarantees this season. And I think the overwhelming consensus, perhaps not from the auction houses themselves, is that this is a good thing for the market as they can discourage transparency and, and can artificially inflate the market and are, quite frankly, confusing. Um, I think they distort the market as you don't know uh, what a work has been guaranteed for. So in effect, it's like a, it's like a private sales being conducted in the supposedly 
public um, forum of the auction, the sale room. The people I spoke to, I think there were a number of reasons why there are fewer guarantees in London this season. Um, There were a couple of high-profile letdowns at the end of last year in New York. Um, The New York November auctions, there were lots of guarantees on works that didn't make their pre-sale estimates. And then, of course, there were the the Taubman sales at Sotheby's, uh, which the house had guaranteed for $515 Um, which they didn't make back. Um, I was speaking to, uh, I spoke to a specialist at a European auction house, um, which is very old fashioned and doesn't use guarantees um, and would never consider using them. And she said whether she hoped perhaps whether we might be witnessing the end of the trend for guarantees. And, And what is more the possibility that what we're seeing now with this correction in the market might in fact be its true level, uh, which was being masked in part by guarantees which were inflating and distorting the contemporary market. Annie, thanks so much for coming on and recapping the auctions for us. It's great to hear your insights. Your writings can be found in the Art Newspaper on Art Newspaper's website, and you're on Twitter, often tweeting about the art market. Uh, For our listeners who want to follow you, what's your Twitter handle? It's Annie LeShaw, as in my name, Annie Shaw, with a L in the middle. Perfect. Thanks again, Annie. We appreciate having you on. You're welcome. Thanks, Adam. Thanks again to Artbase for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Did you know that Artbase is the best love software in the art world? That's because Artbase offers products that do everything you need to run your art business. Track your art in your contacts and cross-reference them. Make invoices, generate consignments, run all kinds of reports. Even use it on your iPhone or iPad at art fairs or while you're away. Take it from the thousands of happy ArtBase clients all over the world. ArtBase is the right software for your art business. Visit ArtBase.com to find out more. This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast was also sponsored by the Sotheby's Institute of Art. With campuses in London, New York, Los Angeles, and online, Sotheby's Institute is the global leader in art business education. Offering master's programs, 15-week intensive courses, summer study, continuing in executive education, and online courses. I'm an alumni of Sotheby's Institute. I did the Art Business Master's Program in London. To find out more about the Sotheby's Institute, visit sotheby'sinstitute.com.